Welcome to the First Contact Headache and Primary Care Podcast. Every episode, we break down topics in headache medicine for primary care providers and other healthcare professionals seeing patients with headache disorders. The goal of the First Contact Headache and Primary Care Program is to provide educational resources to empower healthcare professionals and to improve headache and migraine care for patients. Hi, I'm Dr. Mia Minnan, a board-certified headache specialist and associate professor at NYU Langone Health. Today, we're talking about behavioral treatment for migraine and headache. My guest today is Dr. Anna Pace. Hi, Dr. Pace. Why don't you introduce yourself to the listener? Hi, everyone. My name is Dr. Anna Pace. I'm an assistant professor of neurology at Mount Sinai in New York City, and I'm also a board-certified headache medicine specialist. I'm very happy and excited to be speaking with you today. Great. This is such an important topic for primary care providers. There are so many options available for primary care providers to incorporate behavioral treatment into a migraine or headache patient's management strategy. Can you share a little bit about behavioral therapies for migraine and headache? Absolutely. So when we think of behavioral therapies, it's kind of a broad term for therapies that incorporate both physiologic and um, psychological factors to help treat illness. And many of them were originally developed to treat psychological conditions like anxiety and depression, but over the years they've been adapted to be used for conditions such as migraine, which we'll be talking about mostly today, also chronic pain, gastrointestinal illnesses, and other chronic medical conditions. Now, in terms of thinking about what kinds of patients would be appropriate to refer for behavioral therapies, um, I think in general, any patient who either prefers non-pharmacologic or non-drug treatments for their migraines would be great candidates for this. Um, Anyone who would potentially be at high risk of side effects from medications, like for example, children or adolescents, or even patients who are older who are perhaps on other medications, or if there are any contraindications to being on certain medications that we normally use for a migraine. And I think also it's important to consider behavioral therapy for patients um, who, you know, uh, in general are, have many other medical comorbidities and are on many other medications. So there's some limitations in adding further ones to try to avoid interactions. In general, I think most patients are are considering turning to complementary and integrative treatment options for their migraine. So these behavioral therapies are really good options for treatments. Three types of behavioral therapies that have been shown to be very effective in migraine treatment and prevention include biofeedback, cognitive behavioral therapy, and relaxation. Okay, so you just mentioned that biofeedback, cognitive behavioral therapy, and relaxation really have the best evidence. Can you talk a little bit about the evidence for migraine and headache? Absolutely. So interestingly, all three of these treatments, biofeedback, common behavioral therapy, and relaxation um, have been deemed level A in terms of evidence by the American Academy of Neurology for the prevention of migraine. Um, Each of them have different studies that have been uh, conducted, and we can kind of go through them each one by one to talk a little bit more about what they entail and what the studies have shown. Completely. And it's not just the American Academy of Neurology that has it as top evidence per its guidelines. The U.S. Headache Consortium, which included the American College of Physicians, endorses it as well. So in terms of biofeedback, essentially what it is is a technique where a patient can learn to essentially exert voluntary control over physiologic functions that were normally thought to be involuntary. So we know that 
some patients, when they are stressed, they have increased muscle tension, their body temperature may change, their heart rate may go up. And during biofeedback, what they can do is as they're hooked up to superficial sensors, they can actually see these physiologic changes that happen and learn techniques to essentially be able to modify them or control them. When we look at studies for biofeedback, it's been shown to reduce headache frequency in patients with migraine um, anywhere between 20 and 67%. And headache frequency is really one of the main endpoints that we look at when we're studying treatments for migraine. And the interesting thing about biofeedback is it works very well alone, but it also works very well along with traditional medications that we would use for migraine. When we think about cognitive behavioral therapy, that's a slightly different type of therapy, has great evidence for migraine prevention, but it uses somewhat of a different theory. Um, you know, some patients feel when they have a migraine, you know, they have thoughts like, I'm never going to get better. This headache is never going to go away. I'll never have my normal life back. And the idea of cognitive behavioral therapy is really to reduce that catastrophizing of their pain and really focus on more positive um, thoughts. Interestingly, in a meta-analysis for CBT, researchers found that CBT actually was able to reduce headache intensity that patients experienced, as well as the amount of acute medication that they had been using. Patients also did experience reduced levels of stress, anxiety, and depression, which were also very significant findings in the study. And it was found that CBT can also be even more efficacious when combined with other behavioral therapies like biofeedback and relaxation. Uh, when we think of relaxation as the third evidence-based treatment for migraine prevention, there are many different relaxation techniques that have been shown to be helpful. Some of the options would be guided imagery, diaphragmatic breathing, uh, and progressive muscle relaxation, which is a very common one that's used. The idea about relaxation is that it essentially reduces sympathetic activity and may reduce the responses to stress as well as reduce muscle tension. So there are similar overlapping theories about relaxation and biofeedback, and sometimes they can be used together as treatment for migraine. Um, in particular, progressive muscle relaxation has been shown to reduce migraine frequency, as well as headache days per month in the patients who have been practicing it. And essentially the way that works is patients will alternate tensing up their muscles in sequence, followed by relaxing their muscles. And the idea is to be able to discern the differing feelings that are associated with tense muscles versus relaxed muscles so that they can recognize the two states as different and then learn strategies to counteract any increasing tension. So all three of these therapies have really great evidence for migraine prevention. They have slightly different mechanisms and strategies in order for patients to learn how to practice each of them. But the other important thing about all three is that often patients really need to be um, continuing the practice going forward even after the sessions that they've learned how to utilize these techniques. I think that's really helpful because so many primary care providers and patients may have heard of cognitive behavioral therapy, but they haven't necessarily heard about biofeedback or relaxation and so forth. So I think that overview is super helpful. Can behavioral therapies be used as standalone therapy or should they just be used in conjunction with other medications? That's an excellent question. So in general, the data that we have does support the use of these behavioral therapies as monotherapy, but the studies also have shown that using these behavioral therapies in conjunction with medications actually confers an even more 
robust effect on migraines. And there seems to be a synergistic response when using behavioral therapy along with tradi traditional pharmacotherapy. So I often recommend a combination of using traditional medications for a migraine and then adding things like biofeedback or cognitive behavioral therapy or relaxation or all three, depending upon the patient. Okay, so it seems like so many of our patients do have higher rates of depression and anxiety, but there are certainly patients with migraine who don't have comorbid depression and anxiety, right? And so the question oftentimes comes up, should behavioral therapy be used even when there isn't a diagnosis of anxiety or depression? Absolutely. I think the great thing about these behavioral therapies is that the studies have shown that they do benefit patients with migraine, even if they don't also suffer from anxiety or depression. And I think the reason for that essentially is, you know, we do have patients who, uh, where stress is a very common trigger for their headaches, or they have stress and letdown headaches as a result of stress being released. And so these medic these behavioral therapies can really help to work on that stress response, reduce cortisol levels, help reduce muscle tension, which can also help reduce migraine, even if they don't have anxiety or depression that occur along with their migraines. Okay, interesting. So if you could just tell us a little bit about some of these newer behavioral therapies, I think primary care providers might benefit from that. Absolutely. I'm glad you asked that question. So there are two newer behavioral therapies that have shown some promising results in patients with migraine. One is called acceptance and commitment therapy, or ACT, or ACT, and the other is mindfulness-based cognitive therapy. So when we talk a little bit about ACT, or acceptance and commitment therapy, essentially what it involves is improving psychological flexibility and encouraging patients to accept painful events like a migraine, for example, without viewing them as barriers to having them continue their usual functioning. I find clinically in patients with migraine that sometimes they struggle with this loss of control because migraines often happen whenever they happen and they're not able, patients are not able to predict when it happens. So patients can often avoid situations or that they think may trigger an attack. So the theory behind this is that it can help patients really accept that this is happening, allow them to deal with their problems or attacks head on instead of promoting avoiding behavior that essentially could be detrimental to their quality of life and functionality. On the opposite end, when we think about mindfulness-based cognitive therapy, this essentially incorporates mindful meditation and cognitive behavioral coping skills to help alter the way in which a patient perceives or responds to pain. So the idea with this is that it can help patients continue with performing their daily activities despite experiencing their migraine symptoms. It helps improve their acceptance of pain, it improves self-efficacy, helps improve their coping mechanisms. It essentially really changes the way a patient experiences the migraine by focusing on the here and now. There have been two major studies so far um, looking at MBCT, and overall they seem to, this, this theory, this, this therapy seems to reduce headache-related disability as well as attack-specific migraine disability, but it hasn't necessarily been shown to reduce headache frequency. So this may be more helpful for patients where you don't necessarily want to reduce frequency or the frequency reduction is just not feasible, but rather focusing more on a reduction in disability or improvement in functionality during the attack. How should primary care providers connect their patients to these types of therapies? 
Great question. So depending upon which therapy, there are many different resources that primary care doctors can use to refer their patients. In terms of biofeedback, there is a website listing all of the certified providers for biofeedback, bcia.org. And that's a really great way to find someone close to your practice location who may be able to teach patients biofeedback. With regards to CBT, there are also websites where you can find a provider. And there is a really excellent book on Amazon called Headache Advances in Psychotherapy Evidence-Based Practice that um, one can buy and actually give to uh, someone who is certified or has experience in providing CBT where they can actually utilize techniques specific for migraine. And there are many audios that can be used for progressive muscle relaxation where patients can use the audios themselves or primary care doctors can refer them. That's really helpful information because sometimes primary care providers and patients don't really know where to access these behavioral therapies. And so I think those are some really solid recommendations on where they can go. Yes. And I, I think it's important for people to realize that these options are out there and that they're essentially considered first-line therapy for migraine prevention. So having the ability to refer patients for biofeedback, cognitive behavioral therapy, and relaxation is really crucial and can be incredibly helpful to improve patients' quality of life, functionality, and reduce their headache frequency. Well, thank you, Dr. Anna Pace, for joining us today. It's been really enlightening hearing how these behavioral therapies can be first-line treatment with top evidence for migraine prevention. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed uh, speaking with you today about this really great topic. Thanks for tuning into our episode. You can find additional information and doctor-verified resources about diagnosing and treating migraine on the First Contact Headache and Primary Care website visit us at AmericanHeadacheSociety.org slash primary care. This podcast is brought to you by the American Headache Society and made possible by Eli Lilly.